Welcome to the Food and Beverage Insider Podcast, the source for the latest ingredients, formulation, supply chain, and regulatory issues affecting healthy food and beverage product innovation. Today's host is Alex Smolikoff, Assistant Editor. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Food and Beverage Insider podcast. And I'm joined today by Nina Tikarazzi, the founder of Nadi, uh, a line of rosehip beverages. They also have uh, some delicious apple chip snacks. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me today, Nina. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So I just want to get right into it with your company, um, which was brought to my attention not all that long ago. Um, I actually have a bottle of it right here in my hands. It's a delicious beverage. Uh, but first, just tell me about the company itself. Um, how long have you been around? Uh, what led to starting the company? Uh, what was your motivation? So just tell us a little bit about Naughty and what it is that you guys do. Sure, sure. So I am originally from the country of Georgia, even though I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and in my country of Georgia, we sadly have had a lot of regional conflicts, um, which led to a lot of IDPs, which are internally displaced people or like refugees. Um, so that really was something that I always felt connected and I felt like I owed to my country to do something more. Um, and as if I'm also a founder of Georgia to Georgia Foundation, which we help a lot refugees in general. So I became really close with them. And in my heart, I always said that I would try to find somewhere to help them. So when my friends approached me and they had this idea of, you know, maybe starting a company, um, it, you know, I pondered, but I figured if we can make this mission driven, then I would be fully in it. Um, so realistically, we really didn't have an idea what we wanted to do. We just knew that we really wanted to work between two Georgias. Um, and then uh, we realized that my dearest friend George and I, our grandmas used to compete who had best roasted juice. So we pulled out all the, you know, all the recipes and um, we tested them out. And wow, like we were impressed. Like we were both like, these are amazing. And then not to mention, you know, this is a very traditional drink in my country. Um, I mean, as a child, I was, you know, I had to drink this every day, like before school, after school, before tennis, after tennis, because it's so good for your immunity system. Um, so that's kind of like how the beginning started. We tested a lot of recipes. Um, you know, we went to a lot of different chemists. Um, we did a lot of research. Um, and then one thing after another, you know, we went for it and started the company. So you said that the rose hip juice is a traditional drink uh, in the country of Georgia. My guess is that it's not a very traditional or well-known ingredient here in the United States. Um, so what exactly are rose hips? I know that they're berries from the rose plant, um, but why don't you tell people, you know, they have all of these special properties. They have, um, you know, they're so good for you. Uh, they taste really good. Um, so what what is the tradition around rose hips and rose hip juice in your country? And how did you kind of go about trying to introduce it as an ingredient to, uh, you know, people who might not be as familiar with it as you are? Um, so rose hips are, um, as you said, they are berries. They're plant of rose plants. They grow wild in my country, especially in Caucasus Mountains. Um, and, you know, as history tells us, is that this is something that our soldiers used to drink um, for centuries. 
um, to keep their immunity high and um, due to their vitamin C that rose hips have, um, it's just been really one thing that we have always used and not just in my country, but this is also very well known in Asia, in Europe, um, you know, so it's been around for a very long time. I think in the U.S., though, it's been known more like a rose hip tea um, or a supplement with vitamin C's. So rose hips are very unique because these berries um, are very high in vitamin C um, and they have very, very little fructose. So when you make these drinks, you have no sugars, you have extremely low calories. Like our original has only nine calories, has zero sugar, um, and it gives you energy because of vitamin C and it has enough daily vitamin C to support you whole day. Um, granted, these days we need a lot of vitamin C, so um, <laughs> I would suggest drinking a couple of them. Um, but really, that's been the unique niche of, of rose hips. In regards to bringing this to U.S., um, you know, it was very unique. It was very complicated in regards that nobody knew what it was. So we did a lot of demos. Uh, we went to you know, many different farmers markets, um, events that we could find locally so that we could speak about this plant. Um, and surprisingly, um, many organic stores knew about rose hip. Um, these people are extremely educated about vitamin C and in general about healthcare. Um, so in that regard, it was a little bit easier. Um, and in regards to customers, we're still working really hard to educate people about rose hips. Um, and once they try, once they understand it, we have quite a bit of um, customers that keep coming back to us, um, you know, and that's been amazing. Um, so more people we can share the rose hips with, I think more of them will identify its benefits and will enjoy drinking it. So you mentioned, obviously, in this crazy strange year of 2020 that we're in, that vitamin C is a pretty trendy ingredient, uh, and immunity overall is obviously a very trendy um, you know, topic uh, with the pandemic and everything that's going on. So I'm curious, A, you know, have you seen an increase in um, attention being paid to your product or to the ingredient because of its positioning um, as helpful for the immune system? Uh, and B, you know, what have you done from your side to sort of go ahead and promote this um, as a immunity ingredient when so many people are looking for it you know obviously you're not going to come out and say drink our juice it'll cure you of covid or anything like that uh, but people are obviously very interested uh in immunity right now so what is the organic sort of natural uh attention being paid and and how have you tried to i guess capitalize on it um sure so first of all when the covid started um we really quickly got sold out on amazon um and we we don't have enough funds to invest in huge um, advertising. So, you know, when you wake up one morning and you have 30, 40 um, um, orders, I, I was very excited, but also terrified. <laughs> so, um, so for a couple of months, we did really well online sales. Um, but, you know, in general, I think what we hope to do and what we've been trying to do is um, really get in front of as many people as we can. Um, obviously, during COVID, we could not do that. So we've been able to write a lot of blogs. We've been connecting with a lot of influencers. Uh, we also have a very solid and good network of ambassadors. These are people who themselves were refugees or really care about healthy lifestyle. 
Um, so really just using um, as much as we could in regards to friends um, and influencers and like I said, publishing as much as we could about it. Um, and, and honestly, it's been very interesting how quickly people have embraced this. Um, so I hope it will keep keep growing. So switching gears just a bit from the product itself to the story behind the product. Uh, in this line of work, you know, we find plenty of companies who out there who have a product and then they use their business uh, and the success they've had, the profits they make to then go out and support causes that are dear to them. You found a cause and then really found a company to help support that cause. So I guess my question is, you know, why is uh, the cause that you're helping the, the refugees in your home country such a near and dear issue to you? And then what are you actually doing? Uh, you know, how does this partnership work and, and what do we see uh, as far as the actual help that's being provided? Yeah, um, so you're right. I did start it um, from kind of, I guess, backwards, um, which is not common in this industry. But I do think that timing is everything in life. And, um, you know, I I have amazing family. I have three children um, who are old enough to, um, you know, take care of themselves um, to a certain degree. Um, I also have a wonderful career as a marketing director in a law firm, which I love. Um, so I realized that you know, one, once these big things in your life, you feel accomplished, you know, then I, I look back and I'm thinking, you know, what can I give back now? Um, you know, how I can be useful now with all this knowledge, with all this experience. Um, and right away, you know, my home country came to my mind and knowing um, how many people there were refugees um, and how many of them had to start all over again, really broke my heart. And that was kind of initial drive behind all of this. Um, and in regards to how we work with them, you know, we did a very unique thing. Uh, we actually set up a co-op just for them. So eventually many other companies could hire them as well for different projects. Um, so in that way, we promote the entire um, project better um, and more people are able to help them. Um, not to mention there are more people they can hire. Um, so we work with specific teams um, that maybe some of them pick ROSIP, some of them help in, um, in factory. Um, so, you know, we try to utilize as many people as we can. If we don't have enough jobs, we come up with some jobs um, to make sure that we can, um, you know, we can employ folks. Like, you know, during picking season, we welcome whole families to come in and join. Um, and obviously we compensate everyone. Um, so it's it's really been very unique experience, uh, definitely re really rewarding. But you know, one thing that I realized also that I want to share is that people who are considered refugees, you know, you have to understand that they've lost everything they had, um, and they really have to restart their lives. Um, so they try ten times harder to be successful. Um, so every time we have a big win, you know, um, we make sure that we share with everyone um, because it's their win as well. Um, so in that regard, that's really been a big drive for me and my team. And so for, you know, we have uh, an audience that ranges from consumers to brands, to suppliers, to growers. So I'm curious, how, I guess, would you suggest, how can other companies sort of jump on this and, and help support this same kind of cause? You mentioned um, that, you know, you're kind of teaching these refugees some skills that maybe would be able to transfer to other jobs, other companies. Um, so what, how can, I guess, companies get in touch uh, or, or try and figure out 
um, how they can sort of join in on this effort and and try and you know join in the good that you're doing in your home country. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, you know, we do have, like I mentioned, great ambassador program. So definitely anyone can email us or get in touch with us um, on our website. We will respond very quickly um, to give you some instructions and ideas how you can join and help. Um, in regards to retail, um, you know, we've been very fortunate that so many retailers have embraced this um, and have given us a chance. Um, so I'm definitely very thankful um, in that regard. And we're growing little by little, um, you know, so that gives us enough time to develop these great relationships and raise awareness about our mission. Um, but I mean, I, I would really suggest for people that are starting off their business um, and starting off, you know, their their ideas to come to fruition, I think everybody needs to have a passion behind it. Um, so for us, definitely, it's, it's giving back. So obviously, uh, Nina, 2020 has been a very strange year, not what anybody expected, um, I'm sure it didn't go the way that you expected uh, from a business side of things either, but what does 2021 bring for us? So what are you excited about for the future of your company, uh, whether that's different ways that you're going to continue your initiatives behind the scenes or new products, new flavors? Uh, what can people expect in 2021 and beyond? Yes, we're very, very excited about 2021. I can't wait for this year to be over, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, so just recently, we launched a new product in a new category, which was an incredible risk for such a small company as us. But a very unique opportunity came around, and I really wanted to give it a chance. Uh, we were able to um, launch Happy Hearts Apple Chips, um, which are made... Um, with a special hydration facility that we actually ourselves created. Um, and it gives um, chips a special crisp and crunch without baking them or frying them or freeze drying them. Um, so knowing that it's such a unique product, knowing that I could employ more refugees and more people in general, um, you know, I wanted to give it a chance. So we just recently launched and in 2021, I really hope we can place these awesome apple chips in supermarkets um, and obviously grow our roasted juices as much as possible. You know, once again, you know, we are a very small company. We're taking one day at a time. Uh, we're growing very slowly, um, but we're growing. Um, so I just really hope that in 2021, we will, you know, succeed our expectations um, and be able to help help more people um, and, and get our brand name out there. One other thing that I'm curious about when it comes to sort of that continued customer support and customer acquisition is I would imagine if I had asked you in, say, January, you know, what is the ultimate goal? It's to get into, you know, some of the big supermarkets, get into grocery stores. But 2020 has really kind of changed the way people are shopping. Um, you know, people aren't going to grocery stores right now. Um, they're doing a lot of shopping online. So I'm curious if that has affected your strategy at all moving forward, whether it makes you rethink, you know, how much of your, your sales are you looking to make online versus in stores. Um, does it change that outlook at all for you now that you've kind of seen that shift into even more retail shopping being done online? Um, yes, definitely 2020, um, when the COVID started, uh, made us rethink all of our marketing strategy. Um, we obviously decided to make sure that we had a very strong uh, 
based on e-commerce um, and on Amazon. Um, and we really gave um, a lot of attention to it. We've invested as much as we could in advertising. But I think another thing that very interesting happened is that it made us realize the significance of social platforms. Uh, which, you know, in my generation did not, when I was younger, in my generation, it did not exist. Um, and to some degree, I think I battled with, with it um, early on. But once this happened, I really embraced it. And I was so surprised and so happy to realize how many people out there are really listening, you know, and really are engaged. So knowing that now we are doing so much better um, and we've been able to reach folks I would never been able to reach before. Um, so I've learned a lot and I think we've improved a lot because of COVID. Um, and now in 2021, we definitely going to emphasize e-commerce as much as we have retail. Um, so, you know, hopefully um, things will improve in retail as well. Um, but definitely e-commerce is here to stay. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, we, we do our best. Well, if there's one thing that I've definitely seen over the last um, really years, but certainly a few months, it's that, you know, people are looking for products that are authentic, that are sustainable uh, in every sense of the word, uh, and that are delicious. And, you know, your products definitely check all of those boxes. And like I said before, you're one of the very few uh, companies I've seen that really started as a mission and then became a product as opposed to the other way around, which I think is really inspiring and really shows that, um, you know, the, the bottom line in the big picture doesn't have to be profit necessarily. It can be, you know, doing good and, and making a difference. Um, so again, this is Nina Tikaradzi, the founder of Naughty Drinks. I just want to thank you again for coming on, um, explaining your product, uh, which again, you can get on Amazon, you can get in certain uh, grocery stores. Uh, I have the grape flavor in my hand right now, and and it is delicious. Um, so thank you again for coming on. Thank you for everything that you and your company are doing. Uh, and I hope that we can catch up again soon. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Of course.